0: Hello. Hello. Adrian. How are you doing? doing? Yes, I am doing very well. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
0: It is a pleasure and an honor to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, likewise. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. I've just been spending time uh, deep diving through your Facebook page, watching your live streams and stuff. That's that's some really uh, fun stuff you've been doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's all new to me, right? And I'm coming in on sort of the back end of things, um, uh, a little bit behind the game, but uh, figuring it out and getting, getting a little bit more comfortable with it.
0: Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical
2: Road Brewery.
1: Hello, my name is Adrian Sutherland. And today uh, I'm calling from Attawapiskat. I'm the front man for the band Midnight Shine. And welcome to the music.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. How are you?
1: I'm doing very good. Thank you
0: um, I have never been to uh, to that part of the country Otawapican it's just uh, just west of James Bay am, am I placing it correctly
1: We're actually yeah we're actually on the coast the west coast of James Bay where we're the the most northernly located community on the James Bay coast
0: can you I don't know if you're sitting near a window or where you are but But can you can you describe for me, Ida if you could?
1: Sure. I mean, Ida present day is uh, it's a small, um, remote community, a flying community, and uh, we're we're still a hunter gatherer community. Uh, We have been for for as long as I can remember. Um, Pretty pretty simple. Living up here, I mean there's like any other small community um, we have uh we have a couple of little sit in restaurants um we have a local grocery store and a general store um, no actual uh fitness, just a few little fitness rooms here in the community uh um that people have access to but um, yeah, I mean we pretty much have every other thing no no barber services or anything like that in the community. <laughs> um uh there is a pharmacy actually that opened uh just over a year ago which is really uh oh, that's good. probably the the biggest thing that changed in the last 20 years
0: <laughs> wow wow i i um i remember reaching out to um rosanna a couple of months ago it might have been april i think there were, there was some news about uh you and your music and i'd reached out to her and i and i asked i'd love to speak to agent, I've been. Uh, she might tell you I've been trying to. I've been trying to speak with you since I saw your um, your Heart of Gold video, which I fell in love with, uh, by the way. And I'll talk. I, I'll ask you more about that later. But you were. You talked about uh, the the people in Atawapiskat are hunters and gatherers. She actually told me you were, you were you had gone on a hunting retreat. Um, tell me about that because you went when. Everyone was sort of shutting down and, and isolating, and you had gone out into the world. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know more about uh, your retreat and, and then how you found out about this COVID situation we're in.
1: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I know uh, Rosales told me that you had been trying to <laughs> to, to set up a. Uh, uh, an interview with me for quite some time, and it just hasn't been able to to work out. But you we're know, finally able to do it. So
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah. I mean, when when the uh, when when this virus hit, I mean, there was a lot of uh, I think un- unknowns. Uh, when when we were in Saskatoon at the Juno Fest, uh, the Juno Week, uh, that's when sort of we, everything sort of really hit me, because. Uh, um, Everything started to shut down, It was like mm-hmm. every minute something else would be canceled. It was just crazy, right? Everything was
0: just that's right, that's right.
1: Changing so rapidly, you know. And uh, you know, I thought about you know what I what I'd be doing. You know, I certainly wanted to get home and um, be with my family uh, during during the, that week, especially uh, starting to hear about everything starting to shut down. And like every year, every spring, we plan to go out on the land, and we spent you know, as much time as we can out there, like two to three weeks uh, depending, on, depending on my schedule and um, in the last you know, five, six years it's been really, really hectic and I have the hunting shorts, the, the hunting trips seem to be getting shorter every year uh, mm-hmm. just because of the schedule, right? And uh, anyway, but this year the COVID uh, the virus sort of, um, I guess in some funny way allowed us to to really get back to the land in, in a big way and we spent uh, well myself I was I've been back and forth for a couple of months and then when we finally went out with the family we traveled two days uh, out on the sea ice by snow machine uh, with all the kids and grandbabies. and oh wow and five snow machines uh, so we, yeah we took took us two days to get up to camp um, we spent a whole month up there
0: where and is camp we were, like where do you go
1: we're about 200 kilometers north of Attawapiskat on uh, a place called the Opinigal River. That's where my family's traditional land is. Okay. Um, That's where my mom and grandparents uh, came from. And so we go back to that area. That's where we hunt pretty much. I know it's pretty far because most of the people here now in the community uh, have settled into Attawapiskat. Um, Mm -hmm. There were several clans that came from uh, that area uh, where I go hunt with my family. Yeah. And then several other other clans that came from uh, upland, uh, like up the river here. So so right you know, rightfully that's where I grew up hunting and that's why I keep keep going back to that area. Mm-hmm. It's quite a ways to get there, uh to travel um, on the by by skido anyway and trail. Um, depending on the what time of year it is too, it could be pretty treacherous, uh, traveling up there. Uh, but yeah, we spent the whole month uh we were prepared to stay, uh up until July, actually. Oh wow! We were, we were just going to be coming back. Uh, it was all basically hinging on this: how bad the, the, this pandemic was going to be. You know, obviously being being a high risk community, uh, concerns were quite were quite uh, the concerns were quite um, quite high. Uh, they, you know, they were expecting it to, to arrive here and 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 be very devastating for our communities. Uh, especially because we were very under-equipped, and then uh, we don't have a lot of resources up here to deal with that type of thing. So, sure. Yeah, so we were going to go out to the land and and be on the land and away from all that uh, for at least three months, as long as we needed to. Mhm. And we we were, we came home, uh, you know, a little over a little over a month uh, into it. Everything was safe still in here in the community, so. We chose to come home.
0: Nice. It's it must be different, you know. I'm uh, I live in Toronto, and you know we've sort of our going back. You know, you talk about going back to the land. Um, I, I'm at home, and we're learning how to cook. <laughs> you know, here <laughs> we're we're not we're not going to Starbucks or Tim Hortons or uh, a local sandwich shop for breakfast, rushing to get to the office. Um, or, or heading out to a fast food joint or or eating out on patios we're trying to you know we're making food here where uh, where a lot of people are building vegetable gardens in their backyard or in their balconies and uh, you know trying to get you know with air quotes closer to nature um, you know you going up two hundred kilometers north of Ottawapesscat to your uh ancestral uh, you know, homes where, where, you know, your family's been hunting for generations um, and, and not even, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, we'll just go there and we'll, and we'll stay there and, and sort of wait it out. Um, and someone like me living in a city would say, wow, like, how do you survive, you know? um You know, mm-hmm. to tell, I'm, I'm really interested in learning about the, the, the opportunity and the ability to just, you know, live, off the land in harmony with the land um i'm wondering if you could talk a bit about that
1: yeah i mean absolutely um well most families up up until maybe about let's say 20 years ago were were out on the land quite a bit like months at a time right mm-hmm. surviving on the land either they were trapping uh for for fur trading um um they they'd come back in and trade in their furs with the local with the local company here, or they'd send them off to the auction so that was a big part of the community the community's activities for a very long time uh, up until like i said twenty thirty years ago so and then things started to change um you know not not as many families were heading out so uh, but it, it they're still they're still able to link they're still very very um very knowledgeable, and if they had to go back to the land, um, there's there's certainly they certainly be able to do that. So I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to learn about you know surviving on the land, and, and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but uh, you know, in, in not only from my elders, but from other people in my family and in the community, other men, and not only men but women who are so gracious to teach me and pass down their knowledge to me, and I, I was always wanting to learn and learn as much as I could learn. Um, I've always been like that. Uh, I've just been so fascinated with with the creek culture and and just being out on the land because I've always felt, I don't know, I, I it's hard to describe, you know, that I feel a real deep connection uh, with nature and the land and uh, even when I'm by myself, you know, two, three hundred kilometers away and there's not another soul near me i i feel i feel close to god you know sure uh, sure <laughs> and so being out on the land there's a lot of, obviously a lot of things you need to know like you need to know how to navigate uh certain conditions they either the, here we have the sea james bay uh is part of the sea so if you're out traveling by canoe or boat uh you need to understand how tides work there's just so much you know knowledge you need to have I mean you can't just go out there um because there's a lot of people I know over the years have got themselves in some pretty uh, serious trouble, not knowing you know the land very well. Mm-hmm. So I think first and foremost you need to really understand and and you need to have that knowledge and and learn about how how what what the land is and and how it all um, some of the, I guess some of the uh, some of the dangers that are out there. And if you're hunting and you know you need to know where to find the animals, like if you're tracking large game. Yeah. Um you need to know where to go and and uh these stories and how how the stories that were told to us by our elders and grandparents growing up are stories that, that teach us about where to find these animals too, right? So there's stories about caribou and, and and how they move and where they go in a certain time of year and which which ones are the leaders of the herds. So there's all of these different stories and legends that are used to teach uh, us as boys and as, as girls. And as we grow up, you know, those stories that they use, they're they're basically knowledge that are being passed down to us. Uh, and we know, like, based on those stories, where to find, uh, you know, the animals and where they're going to be a certain time of year. So that's really uh, one part of it. Uh, again, and then actually practicing it and doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um in the flesh and uh you know so if you're going out in late october uh to go and stay out till christmas um you'd be trapping and you'd be basically living off fish caribou ptarmigan rabbit uh so you got to learn how to do all that and once you have the once you have all those skills uh um, you know, you also gotta know how to prepare and clean and, and preserve uh, some of those some of those uh, animals and, and fish. Winter not so much because you can still freeze. You know, like are yeah. okay. Uh, you got you know the winter months will freeze your, your meat and preserve it. But come spring months when there's a lot of harvesting uh, happening, that's big harvesting uh, activities for our communities here in James Bay. Um, traditionally, they had no freezers, so they had to once they had their kill, they had to learn how to preserve the meat, um, and uh, they they sun dried, smoke dried, and then crushed it into like a uh, uh, like they would make it into a jerky, I guess is what I would describe and okay. crush it all up. So we learned we learned all that stuff. You know, if like I said, if we had to go out and then you know not have any electricity or, or freezers or or anything like that, we we would we would be okay because we we learned all that. How to preserve all that meat and food, and um, for months at a time, and, and be able to to live off that. And then in the summer, they would, you know, when the berry season were in were in bloom, um, berries were a big part of the diet. Uh, sure. And they would col- they would collect also um, fat from the animal, from the different animals, and they would save that, and that would be part of their uh, diet as well, right, mixed in with berries and the dried the dried jerky. Uh, so it's a lot, of, a lot of different things uh, you know it, it's just constant right uh, I think really the only time we were able to have a bit of um, a bit of rest was after all the work was done in the spring harvest months and they were done preserving all their their kills and their meat uh, then they started to celebrate you know the coming of spring and, and summer um, by having these little gatherings where people would get married um, they would come together and and eight families who haven't seen each other for months at a time would come together. So those were the kinds of things going on. And it's still you still see it being practiced today, uh, um, and, and maybe not an, at, at a large scale, um, but it's still these values and these still, uh, customs still exist here. And uh, if we had <clears throat> six families up at my camp this year. It's the biggest camp we've had uh, ever since I was a boy.
2: Wow.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so a lot of not not only my family but several families were heading out to the land, and it was really nice, you know, uh, for once to be able to forget about all of the all of the uh, pressures that we're that are put on to us by society, you know, like yeah. you got to go to school, you got to work, and you know do all these different things, right, just to survive,
2: yeah,
1: um, and to get by. It's just nice to be able to just say, okay, well, none of that is really important right now, you know, and. We know that if we go to the land, you know, we're going to be provided for, uh, like our ancestors were. You know, my grandfather lived out uh, half his life on the land, uh, right off the land. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously that's a different time um, than it is now. But it's just, you know, even you were thinking about, we were thinking about supply chain you know, if things got so bad, you know, mm-hmm. you know things are hard, hard enough to, to get here already. Even when things are normal, yeah, you know, you can't ship things up here. It takes weeks, you know, to get stuff. Uh, Things are just slow. And can you imagine if supply chain uh, started to slow down? We would probably uh, feel it here first in the north because everything is slow to begin with. And knowing that there's just so much, like the land is bountiful. Knowing that, you you feel reassured that... um, you're going to be okay if you have to go out there and self-isolate for months. Uh, you know you're going to be fine just living off the land.
0: Are you seeing more of that, particularly now, sort of needing to rely on the land more than needing to rely on, you know, weather, supplies, whatever it is, right? Food, stuff's coming from, you know, places like, I don't know where they would come from Thunder Bay or Sudbury or Toronto. Um, are you, are you seeing more reliance in your community on the land?
1: Yeah, I, I've been seeing uh, more reliance on, on the the traditional foods than,
2: Mm.
1: than, you know, food coming in from the South. Yeah. Uh, well, one, I mean, we've for the longest time for the last year, uh, our local grocery store hasn't been able to to keep their shelves stocked. Sure. there's been no meat meat at, for several uh, months. This winter there was no meat uh, at the store, so I mean, you really don't have a choice uh, if you want meat in, in your diet. You know, you have to go out and get it because um, you're not getting it from the local store. So we've already we've always had supply chain issues here for as long as we can remember, and you know, as a boy, they had a little tiny store, and all they had was canned food um my my grandparents only bought flour large sugar tea bags from the store and that was it
2: mm-hmm. and everything
1: was everything was from the land and we ate what they put on the table and we didn't complain whether it was moose intestines, you know fish eyeballs you know and so we were eating <laughs> fish heads uh, you name it like pretty much everything right so uh so, yeah, it's a, I think more now, uh, d- definitely, I've seen not only our community, but a lot of First Nation communities were were heading out to the land and going to their ancestral lands to self-isolate, and they were making, um, some of the community uh, communities were helping their members stay out even longer t- to to make sure that people were self-isolating and staying away from the communities, especially in areas where... There were cases, uh, COVID cases, confirmed cases in, in some of the communities, especially mm. in, on the Quebec side of the Bay and then some of the other First Nation communities. So, um, they, they saw the importance of, you know, assisting their members to, to get out to the land and stay out there. We'll help you stay out. Uh, you know, we can give you a lot of extra supplies and extra fuel. Maybe we can support, you know, some of the air costs to fly in and out of those, those locations. Um, However, this community here, we're pretty much, it was all self-financed. Nobody nobody helped us get out to the land. Uh, there was no support in place for us.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm
1: not sure why, but <clears throat> it would have been nice to, to, to have that kind of support for sure because uh, it still can be quite expensive, you know, like to get out there and um, and traveling out there. We're, we don't travel like our ancestors did. They they, they, they travel pretty light, uh, Um. And most of them, most time, are on foot or dog teams, uh, or by paddling their canoes along the along the water. And we're we're, we're different now, right? Times have changed. We're, we, you know, we have the best of both worlds. I always say because we have, you know, one foot in the past, yeah. um, and then one one foot in the present, you know, which life is a lot easier for us now than it was for for our ancestors, you know, who starved and faced all sorts of. Uh, um hardships out on the land uh you know so we've been pretty lucky
0: nice that's good to hear um we're gonna go all over the place with this conversation adrian so sure um i, ho- I hope you don't mind um like i said earlier the uh i first heard about you uh or yeah i guess i first heard about you when you did that rendition of neil young's heart of gold um and anyone listening to this knows I'm one of the biggest Neil Young fans. Um, tell me, tell me about that song and why you, why that song you decided to cover it and uh, and release uh, your own version of it.
1: Yeah, for well, first of all, that song I I, uh, I covered um, many many years ago. I used to cover it quite a bit, and I've done it you know several times. Uh, throughout the years. It's a song I really love uh, and I first heard it as a as a teenager. I I uh, wanted to learn it. I wanted to play it and I wanted to learn the harmonica parts to it. I didn't have a harmonica at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And <clears throat> again, like growing up in Ottawa, Piscay, uh, I knew only one person who played the harmonica and it was an elder who lived next door to me. So I went to go ask him if I could borrow his... Uh, it's harmonica and it was this big clunky thing and it had two keys uh an a and a, a g so if you flipped it around you would get the other key
2: okay uh,
1: <laughs> so that's how desperate i was <laughs> i wouldn't recommend uh, borrowing somebody else to on,
2: not these uh, days from them.
1: <laughs> no it wind instrument right so yeah uh but it, you know i was really really keen and really wanted to learn that song and i just wanted to learn all the parts of it so i got this he, he he was kind enough to loan it to me, and uh, and I had to make a holster for it. So I used some rubber bands, uh, a steel coat hanger, and a couple of sticks to to fashion up a a holster for it. <clears throat> and there I learned the whole part. It took I think it took me about a week to learn all the parts to it, the lyrics and uh, oh wow, and then then learning you know how to play everything together. Yeah, you know, trying to put all the parts together was it was a little bit challenging, but. I finally did it And uh, you know I just covered that song Throughout the years Ever since And I think uh, I think it just got a Sort of a last Eleventh hour idea To, to throw, on a, throw on a cover And that was One of the uh, songs That <clears throat> sort of Was in the mix And I said sure I mean I, I love that song And they're like Well what can we do To make it unique Right And I was like Well there was a few Of us sitting in the room The producer uh, The drummer And why don't you put some, some native stuff in there, like like chanting or or sing a verse in your language? Nobody's done that. And I said, yeah, you know, that'd be kind of cool. So so we quickly arranged the song. We decided on adding a third verse, but in, in the Cree language. And uh, we did the drum tracks that day, re- arranged, and then we, it was funny how it all came together because I did the vocals last. Everybody was gone now. Um, with Jill, who was uh, uh, who was engineering at the time, uh, assistant engineer in the studio, and so everybody, you know, everybody buggered off, and it was just her and I, and we just had to do vocals and acoustic guitar, and that's what we did. And it was kind of weird how it all came together because it didn't seem like to me like we were doing anything very special mm-hmm. until we heard the first mix. Right? I was like, wow, like that's amazing. it was amazing when we put it all together and we first heard it, like everyone knew that we'd done something pretty, uh, pretty special with that song. And uh, um, it's, that is still like, when I listen to it, it's just, it sounds so good. I really, I really, I really enjoyed doing that.
0: Yeah. And you've got your own spin to it. Even uh, you played it, was it yes. What day is today? Friday. You played it yesterday on your live stream. And as soon as you hit the harmonica, it's like, dah, he's doing it. He's doing the Heart of Gold <laughs> song. Um, yeah, you know, because some some songs you know right away, right? uh, But yeah. for you to have put your own spin, I think the the chanting comes first. Chanting with the harmonica comes in first, I think, on that song for the you.
1: Chan- the chanting, yeah. Yeah,
0: and the as soon as concert, I heard it, yeah. as soon yeah. as I heard it, I knew exactly what you were, what what song was coming up, and I was really really excited to watch it. Um, <laughs> I it how does I'm always curious about how how this works in music when you do a cover like that do you does your producer does your does the record company do you have to like give Neil's people a call to get sign off on that how does that work
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we needed to get permission because we we changed the we changed the the song around. Um, yeah. which we added a third verse in Cree. If we had kept the song the same, like everything,
2: yeah,
1: we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't need to request permission. Okay um, to, as far as my as far as I understand it anyway. Yeah. Because we added the Cree verse in it and we had to get permission from them. Um so we requested it and uh from from Neil Young's publishing company.
2: Yeah.
1: And they were great. Um we had a really really quick response from them uh, surprisingly uh they said yes you can you can go ahead and and do it and so we we were pretty happy about it um we had to send in all the information to them and we had to write out the Cree language
2: mm-hmm.
1: in Rom- roman orthography yeah and then write and then write the english translation out for them so it was all there and um so that 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 alone, too, was a bit challenging because trying to, in the Korean language, there are no, sometimes no words described, like, the English vocabulary.
0: Yeah, I think I read somewhere you but, said gold doesn't have a, there's no word for
2: gold.
1: Is that right? Yeah, well, we, 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 do, we do say, uh, we do have a word, like, for anything like gems that come out of the earth. Okay. We'll just call them, like, money rock. Okay. You know, money rock, that's what we call them, uh, like we we'll say, Shunyan Asini. So if I were to say, you know, a heart of, you know, money gold, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't make sense. If I said that in Cree, right? Yeah. And in Indus, in English, obviously it doesn't make any sense too, but um, yeah, so I had to, you know, what I used to, to describe it in the Cree was like somebody who has a good heart, right? Heart of okay. gold.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Tell me about your um, your musical inspiration. I know your mom played guitar. Is that how you first how music was first introduced to you?
1: Yes, my mom uh, played. That's how I first was introduced to music. She played guitar. Um, For probably as long as I can remember, I must have been five, six years old. uh, she she would play guitar, and I, there was a guitar always around the house, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would always, you know, pick it up and just goof around with it um, as early as five, six years old, and um, that was my first inspiration. Uh, um, and then, of course, my uncles all played. They, they had a band that they played in, and I was always around, you know, because there's always music. So naturally... Uh, I fell into it, and I I remember in my teens I really wanted to get on the stage and really be like them be like them and you know perform and so I started to play stuff like CCR because that that's what you know everyone was doing back in those days okay. on the reserve <laughs> you know uh, that sort of thing and Billy Idol and um,
2: wow the
1: <laughs> kinds of things. Kind of things that were going on, uh, Rolling Stones. Uh, so those are the ki- kind of songs I, I was really introduced to initially. Um, but very fir- first and foremost was by far definitely uh, most inspired by my mom. And I remember this one moment uh, specifically where I was starting to play guitar and, and I wanted to play Pipeline, the opening riff, the Pipeline, right? Okay. She says, "What are you playing?" And I said, "Well." pipeline she said well that's not how you play it and that by this point she hadn't played guitar for years years like and she grabbed the guitar and she said i'll show you how to play it and she played it perfectly this is how you play it <laughs> so she told me how to play the riff she
2: mm-hmm. played the
1: whole thing and uh so it so was one moment special moment i shared with my mom and um uh, with music so it was uh i always remember that
0: that is nice. Are, so are you self-taught then, or did you take lessons? Was there a teacher up in Attawapiskat?
1: No teacher. I'm all self-taught. I, I, I started learning by using tablature and then, and mostly by ear. That's how I learned music.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, mm. I, I need to congratulate you. You've got a bunch of um, good stuff has come your way. Uh, you know first off uh the re-release of uh, James Bay which was uh, the debut album for Midnight Shine back uh 7 years ago i think in 2013 mm-hmm. um politician man you won you won an award for the video for that i believe um, Yeah. and by the way you sound like tom petty that's that's like a tom petty sound i don't know if you if you'd agree with me on that or not um and then and then lonely boy uh which you, um, I think your band sang a while ago. I think in Ottawa. Is that correct? But it was just televised not too long ago.
1: Yeah, that's correct. At the Inspire Words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 talk. If if you don't mind, let's talk about um, uh, the re-release of James Bay. Um, sure. Tell tell me about. Uh, I mean that that was your first album. You guys have done. Is that is it? Am I right? If I say there's three studio albums you guys have done.
1: Yeah, there's three studio albums. Um, that was the first one that we did together.
0: Yeah, why was it important to to remaster and re-release that particular album now?
1: Well, when we when we did out al- that album, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I know from start to finish, from the you know pre-production to mastering, I think it was all done inside of five days. Oh my goodness! Uh, That's so it quick. happened very very quick. Yeah. and and you know of course we were on a very very limited budget
2: uh,
1: sure obviously that's, those were the reasons why we couldn't spend any more any more time on, on those songs so everything happened really quickly and and, and um, so the opportunity came uh, a few years after we recorded that album to remaster it so we did we re- actually remastered that several years ago and oh. kind of sat on it for a while um, for a number of reasons, uh, which I won't get into right now, but, um, and we're, you know, since we had been planning to get this remastered version debut album out this year, and, and since the coming of this pandemic, it mm-hmm. really has sort of, you know, we've had to sort of adjust everything, and they said, well, you know, now, you know, we have the opportunity to get this album back, you know, get it out there like we wanted to, so, Keeping that album, and remastering, revisiting all those tracks was something I really wanted to do because, um, you know, sonically, I think it sounds way better. And when I listen to it now, I can really appreciate, you know, um, the work that we put into, the, into those songs. And uh, I'm really happy. I mean, everything sounds really, the guitars sound fatter and the drums, you know, everything just sounds so much better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, before we sort of continue, I, I want to sort of take a, take a detour here. Um, uh-huh. Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't go straight. Like as a kid, you didn't you know, pick up the guitar. Your mom's teaching you, you know, how to do some classic rock tunes. And you're, you're, uh, you're learning you know, based on stuff you're hearing off of the radio. Um, because I know you've, you've done, you know, you worked as a paramedic. Uh, you've done different things. So, was there sort of a a pause from falling in love with music to to when you started, I guess, being a quote unquote professional musician?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always loved music, and I always knew even when I first saw um, Brian Adams on on MTV, uh, mm. um, you know. When I first saw him, you know, playing the song, I just, I wanted to do that. I wanted, I knew I just, there was something, in the, there was just something in me that said, hey, you know, I want to do that. And I would just rock out to the song all the time. Every time I heard it, playing the air guitar as a yeah. kid. And then, you know, I was really involved in, into my teens. I had like, I'd been to a bunch of different phases, heavy metal. You know, there was a hip hop phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and country music and you know classic rock there's different a bunch of different phases that happened so quickly and then I became a father
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, when i was when i just turned nineteen and in uh eighteen or nineteen anyway i was young uh and and then I had suddenly I had two you know high school dropout. I had two two little kids uh, and a wife and and i just I had to do something, you know, I knew I had to do something because we were living in a shack with no electricity, no water, and uh, I was about 21 at the time, and I just, you know, I, I it did something to me, I said, I got to do something, you know, I got to go back to school, so I went back to high school and got into college after that, became a paramedic and I did that, you know, obviously, you know, like any good father would do, and and, and husband. Uh, yeah.
2: Provide for your you know, family.
1: Provide for your family. And that's the only thing I knew how to do at the time, uh, uh being out of ops, and so far away in those days, I don't think if I would have tried to make it as a musician in those days, I don't think I would have made it this far anyway in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, I've been able to do a lot here, especially with the technology and exchange files and ideas being so far away from the industry. Um, it's, just been allowed, it's allowed me to do more I think today than I would have been able to do back in those days and yeah so I put music on the back burner for all those years um, something I loved and just basically put it on the back burner and I kept playing you know whenever I could play it in different venues and did covers and then uh, I just started writing music because um, I got tired of covers so I started writing and uh, I really fell in love with writing music and uh that's what I focused on as a medic. During my downtime, I did a lot of writing. Um, I think I wrote several songs actually that are on that first album while I was working as a paramedic. So I guess I, I owe a big thank you to to my employer. <laughs> <in those laughs> days.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Was it? Um, what was the decision to to focus on on uh, on music and, and leave? being a paramedic was that was that an easy decision was there a crossroads you were
2: at
1: yeah i mean if you look at my background i think some people would probably say i had a lot you know jumped around from a, from place to place and job to job uh, at one point in my life but uh probably would say i had a lot of growing up to do
2: mm. <laughs>
1: but, but yeah there was a there was a decision where um people were always saying like hey you, you know you're really good you know you should an album right i used to get a lot of that over the years and and uh, especially when i started writing my own stuff people like you wrote that and I'd be like yeah it's mine man you know you should you know try and go somewhere with your music so i was getting a lot of that those kind of encouragements and, and comments coming and then I and then i started playing you know and open mics um, and any chance i got to perform in different venues here in, at home and different mm-hmm. festivals going on in the region i would I would go out and I would start getting invited more and more and, and, uh, and my family, you know, always supported me and, and lifted me up. And I think when I finally decided to do an album, that was one of the driving forces behind it was to do it for my friends and my family. Um, you know, put, put something out there and I didn't really know what I was doing. I just wanted to do an album and get it out. And, so, oh, here we are.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> it, 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 I never expected to get the kind of response I did from that first album. And I never thought I'd find people here at home to, to that wanted to play my original music because, you know, honestly, I tried to get my original stuff into cover bands I played in over the years and nobody was interested at all. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, when I met the other guys in the band, uh, they suggested that we do the original stuff. And that's what we did when we first played together. And, um, and it just, you know, people really, really kind of gravitated towards the music and, and it just kept growing and growing, the brand. And, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of hard work went into it too. And, uh, but I think a big part of it was at some point, uh, maybe five years ago, I would say, yeah, uh, I said I wanted to do this full time, and when um, and I stepped away from you know corporate, I was working in the corporate corporate business. I stepped away from all that and and uh, started pursuing this full time. Of course, I still I'm still an entrepreneur as well. I I own a couple of businesses here in the community, so I've been focused on that and to try to keep myself afloat and keep driving keep driving this music forward and i think i'm at a i think i'm arrived at a certain um i don't know time in my career now where i feel like um there's there's the doors are wide open i mean uh, i couldn't be more happy and and with where i am right now and the opportunities that are coming my way uh, are just endless and i just can't wait uh for, you know things to get back to normal again and and focus you know focus on music and getting out and playing and sharing my music with as many people as I can
0: for sure I think the uh the last time I tried uh setting something up you were in Toronto with uh Tom Wilson and Blackie and the Rodeo Kings um what was what was that experience like for you to, to uh I think you went on tour with them in, in Ontario in Canada right?
1: Yeah, we did a we did a did an Ontario. They kicked off their tour here in Ontario, and uh, I got to join them for that their first leg of their tour, and that was for me a, a real eye opener and a real such a positive experience being able to see how these guys work. You know, people have been in the industry for thirty plus years, and 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 you know the stories that they were sharing. Uh, with me and the advice that they were given to me, um, you know, on, on everything, right? Like from gear to to you know performance to you know, I just I yeah I just couldn't say enough good things about it. Um, I'm just so happy uh, I got to be a part of that, and and uh, I think there may be even um, you know talks of me joining them for some more shows. once once things, uh, restrictions start to get lifted and and people are allowed to go and perform again in live venues.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I read somewhere, Adrian, that prior to releasing Politician Man, you had wanted, I don't know if it was a conscious decision or not, but you, you had stayed away from politics in your music. Um. And I'm wondering you know why at that particular time it was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen when that song came out um twenty nineteen yeah twenty nineteen so so last year which feels like a yeah. lifetime ago by the way nowadays yeah, yeah. um why 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 at that particular moment in time and you know where you were with your career was was that the right time to sort of i don't know if poke the bear is the right term but to 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 make a song like politician man
1: well i think there is a number of of reasons why um you know i chose to to put out a protest song and i think um i'll start with i guess the stage i'm in in my life right now my Mm -hmm. my life seems more more insignificant now um at, you know at the age I'm at now I'm more thinking about my kids and my grandkids now and and uh, the legacy that I leave behind and and you know i'm you know when you look at Ouel and some of the issues that exist here, like water and contamination right mm. and I think that was one of the things that kind of really pissed me off um as just not only as a musician, but I think it's just just as a human being, you know, like um, my, one of the most basic human needs, you know, I have no access to clean drinking water. My kids, my grandkids, water is so contaminated they can't even bathe. or breathe the vapors from the taps. I can't. This is crazy. Like, how can this be? You know, and I was so upset um, mm-hmm. when we learned, you know, when we learned how bad the water was. I was so upset, you know, and I felt so angry and I think that's where the change happened. Uh, I think that's where it occurred. I felt like, you know, I got to do something. I got to say something. And, and uh, you know, up until that point, I never really been politically charged. And uh, I have been a little bit like a lot of the lyrics have been politically driven,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but not so much not so much punching you on the nose with them, right?
2: Sure, sure.
1: It's more, it's more like been trying to bring you in and and to have a conversation.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I think this song does that too because I've never tried to break people down, anyone down because I know there's no, there's no value in that, you know, and there's no benefit to breaking others down and breaking people down. Um, I think this song is just really, in general, it's, I don't for the, especially for the time we're in now and with everything that's going on I think it couldn't be a more important song.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Know,
1: for 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 everyone, right? Doesn't matter where you come from and who you are, uh, um we need to change, you know. It's 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 time.
0: It's it seems that um Aruapiskat has and and you know rightly so uh, influenced uh, a number of your songs, right? Politician man, water crisis. Um, I believe "I Need Angels" uh, was a response to the teen suicides. If I'm if I'm correct,
2: Yeah, um, that's right.
0: Uh, it's um, it, it's something you know. For for me, you know, since uh, you know the past three four years, I've I've been trying to learn. More about um, the indigenous people uh, that 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 live here, and and the issues that they face, um, and things that I thought I knew that I didn't know. Um, you know, may, maybe it started with with Gord Downie and the Downey Wenjack Fund, uh, and, and you know, realizing that you know we've been, you know, when I say we, you know, people that have you know come to this country that are not from here. You know, we we've been taking people for granted and really messing things up. Um, how are things in Ottawa, Are they are they any better? Are are we seeing? Um, is there still a water crisis? Um, you know, how are the children there? Are are things are are things improving at all?
1: Um, that's a good question. I I. It's hard to answer. It's hard to know. And Hmm. I I don't see it improving, you know. Um, Wow. Like the water, like I don't know what's going on with the water. It's been a year now.
0: So still today?
1: Still today, I have no clue. I tried asking several people. I I have emails into uh, the band administration about the status of our water, what's going on. Uh, I'd like to know. Um, You know, we haven't heard anything. It's been Almost a year, I said we haven't really heard anything other than the, the Fed's committing funds to address the immediate needs. Um, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know why we we can't get reports and you know updates from them to so that we can have a peace of mind. Right? Um, we still have a, <clears throat> a huge drug addiction problem in the community. It's just killing us. It's killing. It's killing our people. Um, we're all affected by it. We all deal with it. Uh, everyone, everyone, every person in this community is affected by that particular issue, especially mm-hmm. with the drug, the drug problem we have right now. And I don't see anything really a whole lot being done. Um, I mean, there's some efforts being made, but these, these you know, real things need to happen. Um, real action is what's needed right now. Um, it's really, it's pitiful. That's how I describe it. And, uh, it hurts me and it's frustrating at the same time to see this because I see it every day. I deal with it every day. I feel it. I feel the emotion. Um, you know, I got to go talk people down that are in psychosis that come around my business every day, threaten to kill me or threaten to do stuff, you know, like, um, it's very, I'm, I'm living, I'm grinding, I'm I'm living it, you know, I'm grinding, grinding it out here still. And it's hard. Um, but I believe I believe in this community, and I believe in these people, and I believe we're going to figure it out someday. Uh, I just hope it happens sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you telling me this, it's it, I, I'm floored because you know when I when I, I I see your what you're doing now on on your Facebook live sessions, and I see the joy that you bring to people, and and sort of knowing that in the background when those ten, fifteen, twenty minutes are up you know, you have to, you know, you've got your, you've got family, you've, you're your grandfather, you've got so much responsibility uh, outside of the joy you bring to people with your music that it, it, it's, 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 I don't know if commendable is the right word, whether you want to hear a word like that, but it's um, it's, it's amazing what you can do, um, you know, through, through your music. Um, yeah. I had I don't know if uh, if the name Nadia George uh, is familiar to you. She's a she's an actress. I think she lives in the Toronto area. I, she's from uh, Mi'kmaq heritage. If I'm saying yeah, that. I
1: know I know of her. I never okay. met her though, but I, I know of her. Yeah, yeah. I follow her. I follow her on uh, social media.
0: Yeah, she. Um, I, I had the opportunity to interview her a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. she had a, a short movie out called along the water's edge again talking about the water crisis
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, you know in that the same gas mask you wore in your um, I think in a tweet from last year um, are the same gas masks that they wear in this in this movie um, mm-hmm. talking about you know the, the the water issues that that many indigenous communities face mm-hmm. and and I had asked her you know what 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 can I do? Like what, because um, I believe it's, it's, it's an issue that all Canadians should, whether it's, you know, water, uh, drug addiction, housing, you know, it's something that I take for granted, you know, living, living in Toronto. Um, but knowing that a country as rich in resources as, as Canada should not have people that, you know, can't, you know, we're, we're telling people to stay home and wash their hands. Mm-hmm. And in your community, you might be able to stay home, but how can you wash your hands?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right with with water that is poison. Yeah. What, what would you say to, to 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 people like myself? Um, how how could we? I'll, I'll ask you now. How can someone like me help a community
1: like yours? That's that's a tough tough question, and I get asked that question quite a bit. And. Yeah. Um one, I guess, first of all, giving me this platform here to speak today, mm. I think it's, it's, it goes a long way because, you know, I don't know what the reach is um, like for, for this podcast, um, but giving me a voice to talk about and, and create that awareness, I think the more people that know about this and the more people that begin to discover the issues that we face here, in, in our indigenous communities in this country, and the realities that exist, and, and the lies um, that have been told uh, by our governments and, and people that have been in power, um, I think I always tell people like, if you if you're able to help me as an artist and elevate me as an artist, you know, I can help my people more. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been doing here, like with using my voice to 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 create that awareness, you know, and, and and talk about these issues, and not let people forget about it, especially politicians and people in power, and, and not only politicians in, in in federal, writing or in provincial, but in our local communities, in our regional, tribal councils too. You know, uh, they need to be held accountable. We need we need to we need to figure this out. There are people here that want to do stuff in their communities and. Uh, like me, like, uh, you know, if somebody asked me to look at this water issue, I would gladly put aside everything to to, to work on this water issue
2: mm-hmm. to
1: try to come up with a solution, you know. Um, but I've never been given that opportunity, right? Uh, so I think by helping people like me, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that come from these different communities and different representations, um, and I think by helping them helping elevate uh, their them as artists and giving them a giving them a voice and platform to talk about these things uh is it really does go a long way and 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 uh you know i i think that's really the only only thing you could do you know sitting in toronto and mm-hmm. when you ask that question what can i do to help out of office well realistically what what can you do right it's it's such a uh um, I mean, the issues are so complex, um, how do you begin to unravel, uh, some of those things? It's just, it's really, really hard.
0: Yes. Yeah, it is. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, let's, one of the things that, um, that, that I'm hoping that, uh, you know, especially what we've gone through as a as a country, as a world, as a community here over the past, not just three months, but even the past few weeks, it, it's, it, I, I'm hoping that as, as a people, we become more, we, we have more empathy, you know, for our neighbours, for um, the Indigenous people that, that have been here since the beginning, uh, have more empathy for Black Canadians, who, uh, you know, face racism, uh, systemic racism on a daily basis. I, I hope all of this is bringing to the forefront that, that we should be more empathetic and understand people. And, 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 really, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's people that matters, right? It's, it's not whether we could, you know, get our hair cut or, or go to the beach uh, or things like that. You know, it's, it's, where we're all huddled at home trying to keep everybody else safe. And so mm-hmm. anyways, I'm, I'm hoping that we become more empathetic and that we care. We, 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 we show, we, you know, we care more about uh, about other people rather than always focusing on ourselves. Um, and then, well, and I, Adrian, I've seen you do that with, you know, with your, this is maybe a bad segue to make, but with, with your Facebook live sessions, you know, it's not something you have to do. Right. But, yeah. Tell, tell, tell me about that because it you know i i'd watched your past two ones earlier today um a lot of musicians are, are sort of trying to figure things out um how did you land on this weekly live sessions that you're currently doing
1: um well to be honest i wasn't really crazy about it and like okay. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't really feel like doing it but um um, I, 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 it was, it was, we started talking about how to just kind of drive things, keep driving things forward and making sure that, you know, I'm still being active, you know, in terms of performing. And, and I looked at like a lot of people who I, who are sort of in my sort of circle, right? People that I know and artists uh, that are out there and we're all in the same boat right now, pretty much. Yeah. I mean... And, you know, just watching what they're doing and and seeing the responses they're getting, it it started to kind of, you know, um, it got me going, you know, and and got me wanting to do this sort of same thing. And, of course, being here, like I have challenges, technical challenges, Um, like uh, Internet is not the greatest, Um, you know, uh, I, I wasn't quite set up. I had to figure out, you know, how to use the software and and get all the hardware and, you know, make sure all these things can work together. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, uh, but anyway, you know, there's a learning curve involved and we, we, we did the first two things. And I think the first one uh, was funny because the first couple of minutes, I think I didn't even know it was live. And I was just noodling around and, and I had like this stone cold look on my face, right?
0: (laughs) I saw the comments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, the second time around felt a lot better, and, uh, I'm actually going to be recording a half hour set for a festival. Oh, wow. Uh, later on this evening, and uh, hopefully I can get through without messing it up. Um, yeah, and I'm going to upload that file. It's going to probably take at least three days to upload, so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm trying, you know, we're finding ways to, to, to kind of, you know, be active right? And uh, especially in this new, new world we're in right now.
0: Yeah. Are you, I, um, I had asked SAS Jordan a couple of weeks ago, mm. if, if she's been inspired to write at this time. And um, she, she was shocked, you know, she had just released an album in March and nobody had asked her that question. And she had to think, she goes, no, I, I don't feel like writing right now, particularly um Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what about yourself adrian it does this you know you're i don't know whether you would have been on tour right now or recording in the studio recording an album um but has has this time you being in out are you inspired to write at this particular moment
1: yes definitely Mm. um i'm I've been writing and i am coming up with some some good stuff uh yeah. that I'm pretty excited about uh I have been writing for the past year year and a half uh for a solo work uh solo project so there's there's quite a few songs that uh um that pretty much well i you know demo quality that are, sure. that are done that i'm pretty pretty excited about some of them are collaborations some of them are Um, just me alone and um, I think recently I I felt really I don't know like I don't know how to describe it Um, uh, I just felt like I wanted to work even harder and when things get back to normal again um, I feel like uh, I have so much more to offer you know as an artist as a songwriter and so much more to give and I just felt like I was built for this, and and and, and I was built for this, and not, not only built for this, but built for it in a way that I could stand the, the long haul, right? In in this industry, and I wanna I wanna keep going, and I wanna you know keep reaching as many people as I can, and, I wanna, and part of it is too. I know what I've seen now what this. Can do being an artist, being a songwriter.
2: Mm. It can help
1: me lift lift my family and my life um, um, out of you know poverty, right? Sure. Because uh, we grew up. I grew up poor. Grew up with nothing. My kids were in you know my little girls first spend their first few years in the shack with no electricity and 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 uh, uh, running water. And so I know that it can create. You know, change for for me and my family, and and I think that's what's driving me, right? To continue to to want to improve the life uh, of my family and, and people I care about uh, in my community, and I think this is the this is the path forward for me, and this is how I, I think I'm going to be able to do it.
0: Nice, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to both the music from from yourself solo as well as uh, Midnight Shine. Um, you've got a, a, an amazing guitar player. Um, I don't know his name, but, uh, oh, he can shred. He's really, really good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Zach, he's a a shredder. Yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) he's a, he's pretty fun to be around.
0: Absolutely. Do you have any dream collaborations, Adrian?
1: I'll keep it. Yeah, actually, uh, (laughs) I think about, (laughs) I dream about these collaborations all the time, actually. Um, well, Jim Cuddy, you know, he's one guy I, I'm a big fan of.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: you know, I'd love to do some music with Jim Cuddy someday. Uh, um, and I actually know him. We play hockey together at the Juno Cup, but as far as music goes, uh, you know, we're not sort of at that level, right? So um, I like uh, City in Colour. Uh, I've really been a, a big fan of uh, his. You know, his music. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Green so that would be you know another dream collaboration Uh, in the US like I mean it's American American artists Uh, I've always been a Foo Fighter fan you know Dave Grohl Um, you know that would be another dream collaboration Um, Pink (laughs) I've been a Pink fan for so long I I, I just love her work I love her music I love her as a a person Uh, yeah somebody like that but you know I'm just some kid in the far north somewhere. Uh, who knows where? <laughs> if if uh, that would ever happen, but you never know.
0: There's uh, you. You might be far north, but uh, like music, and I'm sure you agree. Like music is universal, right? Yeah, it's, um, yeah for sure. Even you know, you'll you'll sing in in uh, it, it, would I would it be correct to say Cree? You know, when you sing in Cree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I I might not understand it, but you could feel it, right? There's a feeling you get from music.
2: Yeah. As well.
1: Totally.
0: Um, let me ask you, uh, Adrian, I've kept you for, for 70 minutes longer. Um, but this is a question we sort of end, uh, our, our chats with, uh, what are you currently listening to these days?
1: Oh, currently, um, I've been listening to uh mostly playlists on on Apple like new rock uh and listen to a lot of classic love songs. Oh yeah? Uh, mostly playlisting right now. I'm just yeah, I I I yeah, I don't know what it is both classic love songs. <laughs> but I've been listening to a lot of classic love songs uh um a lot of new rock, uh alternative, uh, you name it. Uh yeah, just just a lot of old country too, classic country. I like listening to Willie's, Willie's Roadhouse on, on uh, Sirius. Um, and uh, um, Cree hymns recently. I started listening to Cree hymns again. It's part of uh, okay. something I grew up listening to as a, as a young boy. And my, my uh, grandparents used to uh, li- uh, listen to Cree hymns a lot. And they would sing Cree hymns. So, um, yeah.
0: Adrian, tell tell everybody... Where can they go online to learn more about you, listen to your music, and uh, uh, maybe buy a CD or two?
1: Yes, you can uh, find us on every social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we also have a webpage, www.midnightshineonline.com. Sorry, it's www. Um, (laughs) Bandcamp, we have a Bandcamp page so check us out there Uh, just need to search Midnight Shine uh, or Adrian Sutherland and you you shouldn't have any trouble finding us
0: Awesome, Adrian this has been a pleasure, I hope you've had a, a good time over the past hour thank you so much for this
1: Thanks for having me, this was really fun